So the Bible reading is from Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. So Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Jesus called his 12 disciples to him and gave them authority to drive out impure spirits and heal every disease and sickness. These are the names of the 12 apostles. First, Simon, who is called Peter, and his brother, Andrew. James, son of Zebedee, and his brother, John. Philip and Bartholomew, Thomas and Matthew, the tax collector. James, son of Alphaeus and Thaddeus. Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. These twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter any town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you in your belts. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff for the worker is worth his keep. This is God's word. Oh my, we are going to miss you. It's gone by so fast. I came into church in the first service, and all of a sudden I heard the, you guys speak normal, but it wasn't an American accent. I said, I thought I was home. It really felt like that. Thank you for making Michelle and I so welcome. If I was to name this sermon, it would be one thing, go, send, serve. If I was to name this sermon one thing, it would be go, send, serve. Look at all the people we had. How inspiring is that? Don't you in some ways just envy what these guys get to do? Impact players. Impact players for the kingdom of God. Making a difference right there. Go, send, serve. I, much of my work today in developing leadership in developing and encouraging organizations around the world. And one of the things I always say is that, what do you, what's your value? What is your value? Come on, come on. And if, if I had this church right now and we were in a seminar, I'd have you write down lots of little lists. What is your value? And one of the easiest ways to find out what the value is of your church, of your organization, of yourself, 
is that ask the question, if you were to disappear today, would you be missed? If your church disappeared today, would you be missed? Now, the list could go on and on and on, and you would be missed. You'd be missed in so many different ways. And that is the value that you bring to this community, to this country, and to this world. What a difference. I just want to say something. No one pushed me to say this, but I just want to encourage those that are online. Some of you, I know you just can't get here. Some of you, you're on holiday. Some of you are in the States, and I'm waving hi to my friends right now. And some of you are just using that as a new way to worship. But you're being missed, and we value you so much. Let me encourage you to just come on in. You know the encouragement that you will make to somebody else. That's what this sermon is all about, is being an impact player for the kingdom of God. Let me tell you about a couple. Imran, oh my, those guys are, those guys are amazing. Imran is from Pakistan, and they are outrageously bold Christians. Imran's had his uh, church blown up, but he still goes on and pushes away, and he's tough. And he is one of my, my dear friends, and he's creating a sports ministry throughout the country. One time I told Imran, I said, Imran, don't you get scared? And he looked at me like, scared? But scared? Well, I mean, yeah, don't, don't you get, I mean, this is, you're in the top 10 countries of being persecuted in the world. Scared? He said, ah, yes, Steve. One time, one time, we're playing cricket, and we're playing the Taliban. <laughs> yes, we were scared. We're playing the Taliban, and we're beating the Taliban. Praise the Lord. <laughs> And as we're playing, we're playing. See, they cannot. They, they have those gun machines. Gun? Oh, you mean a machine gun? Yeah, yeah, machine gun machine. And they have them, and, and they wear them when they play. They, you cannot do that. <laughs> cannot do that. And they go on back and forth. And we heard, we heard that they got angry. They didn't want to kill us, but they said they were going to kill the referee. <laughs> so we said we better lose, so the referee will stay alive. So we lost. Praise God. <laughs> what an impact player for the kingdom of God. Also, you know that the, Chicago has something in common. We want to kill a few referees, too, in our time. <laughs> One other guy, and I've mentioned him before, if you've been any of the talks that we've given, and it's been a lot of talks. I think, I've, I think I've given 15 talks. But one of the talks I give, I almost always talk about my coach. And I talk about him for two reasons. One is because he was amazing in my life, and two, because he's just a common ordinary man, not exceptionally gifted, but he had compassion. There was something inside of him had guts, and he turned that into action. And years later, and remember, he's the one that led me to Christ, and he took me to this camp. Every year for years, he would take two busloads, take me to camp. I remember going to uh, the camp so many times, but then later becoming a leader. First time I got an opportunity to be a leader, college student. Now I'm in Scotland. And I'm trying to vision cast. There's been no sports, Christian sports camps that we could identify in Europe. Michelle and I are there and we're trying to vision cast. So we said, let's bring some of the movers and shakers of Scotland. So we brought five top pastors, paid for them to come, 
flew him to the United States, brought him to the camp, and it was like clockwork. I told my story how this coach had come and told me about Christ, and just almost immediately two busloads come up. Coach Rex is 70. He's getting off the bus, got a little bit of a cane. He's like, okay, get over here, get over here, get over here. I go up to coach. I said, man, you're still doing it. 70 years old, an impact player for the kingdom of God. You are still doing it. He's like, what what, what are you talking about, Connor? This is what you do. I said, it's amazing the impact that you can make on all these lives. And then I told him this, and he still made me nervous. I've had high-profile coaches that have yelled at me, and my coach still made me nervous. I said, Coach, man, you are amazing. When you die, I'm going to get your shoe. (laughs) I'm going to get your shoe, and I'm going to put it on a plaque, and I'm going to put those words on it. You know that Romans, that Romans 10 thing? You know, how beautiful, you mean, how are they going to know unless they're sent? How are they going to send unless they hear? How are they here unless they sent? How beautiful are the how beautiful are the feet that bring good news? He looked at me just baffled. He goes, Connor, that's stupid. I ain't giving you my shoe. I said, Coach, you ain't going to be here. <laughs> Being an impact player for the kingdom of God. Let me draw your attention now just to prove that I can exposit a little bit, but let me just take you down to Matthew 9.35. Matthew 9.35 through 10.10. We'll just get through a little of it. But Jesus, oh, what a man of God, what a God of men. He's healing and teaching, healing and teaching, healing and teaching, healing and teaching, and while he's doing it, he's gathering. He's gathering this group with him. They're not sure what's happening, but he's gathering with them. What is he doing? Healing and teaching, healing and teaching, healing and teaching. And through the entire time, he's modeling rugged discipleship. He's a tough man. People are scared, and they get close to him at different circumstances because they are afraid of what is out there. He's healing and teaching, he's healing and teaching, and he stops. He looks over the highways and byways. He looks over him, and he says, I have compassion on these people. He has this compassion. And you'll see it in the Isaiah verses. You'll see it in the, uh, more throughout Matthew. But he has this word compassion. And the word doesn't mean sympathy. It's a word that is really strong. And it means feeling that promotes action. Feeling that promotes action. And whenever you see Jesus say, I have compassion or you should have compassion, you know what happens? action. Something happens right after that. Jesus is an impact player for the kingdom of God. Hmm. Do you have compassion? Do you have compassion? If you go out there and you see your neighbors across and they just don't know Jesus, do you have compassion? Sometimes some of you, you know, it's yes, ah, oh, ah, oh, Lord, and you're on your knees and you're, you're bringing them brownies, you're doing what you can. I've got a few neighbors like that. Michelle's got a few neighbors like that. We love them. Oh, just to see them in the kingdom of God with us. But I'll be honest, sometimes I don't have compassion. And all I can pray is, God, give me compassion. I want to have compassion. Sometimes I'm wounded. Sometimes I'm injured. Sometimes there's sin in my life that I have to clean out. But I want to pray, Lord, Give me compassion. 
And then there's sometimes in my life when I'm so wounded, so tired, so worn out, all I can pray is, Lord, I want to want to have compassion. And, and at times I thought that God would be looking at me going, man, you don't have compassion. How dare you? But he's not like that. He is a loving father and will meet you wherever you are at. And he will touch you there. Jesus is healing and teaching, healing and teaching, healing and teaching. And of course, he has compassion. And he looks at us and says, do you have compassion? Let me fill you up. Let me help you to look through my eyes and see how much I love you. And may that be a motivation to love other people and turn that into action. Remember, compassion becomes action. Francis Chan told this story. It wasn't mine, but you know, you hear a great story. Francis Chan, amazing prophet. I remember he was mentioning to the Great Commission, and he said, you know, the Great Commission, go and make disciples. He stopped there once, and he, he told us, he said, one time I told my daughter, he said, you know, the church, we're not so great. We hear it on Sunday, but we're not so great. But one time I told my daughter, go and clean your room. Look back the next day. Hey, darling, did you, did you clean your room? And she said, oh, Dad, that was a great message on cleaning my room. I'm praying about it. Next day, come back. Uh, uh, did you clean your room? Oh, Dad, I got a small group together, and we're all praying about cleaning the room. Well, did you clean it? And then finally, the third thing, oh, Dad, I know how to say go clean your room in Greek. <laughs> go and make disciples. Compassion is one of those feelings that turns into action. When I was in England, uh, I didn't get many chances to work out. I, I was in Oxford. Academically, it was very challenging. But not many people there was lifting weights. Now, you may not know this, but Robin, when he was there, he would bodybuild in one of the most impressive gyms in the UK. Amazing, amazing, the people he has said. I finally found a guy. His name was Pete Reed. He was Mr. Olympia. He was Mr. Europe. And I said, can I lift with you? You know, not many people in Oxford to lift with. He said, yeah, yeah, you can come in. Come and lift with me. And so sure enough, uh, we would work out. But I was there as his partner. But I, 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 wasn't a great, I wasn't a great partner. You know, I might be in the inner city or I might be out in London. I might be at a meeting in the conference and all that. I'd run in late. One time I ran in late. Come in. Sorry, Pete. Sorry, Pete. Let's go. And he knew how to tease me. He knew how to tease me. He said, ah, Kahneman. He was from the West Indies. I said, eh. he said, ah, Kahneman. Hey, you are looking fat, man. <laughs> well, I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> I know how to get Pete back. I said, hey, Pete, you got a lot of muscles, man. You know, West Indian accent, beautiful. Oh, thank you, man. Thank you, man. I said, yeah, you got a lot of muscles, but what do you do with those muscles? What do you mean, man? Yeah, I said, you got a lot of muscle, but what do you do with them? He said, what do you mean? Man? I can do this. Everybody stops and goes, wow, everybody. I can do this, man. I said, yeah, yeah, but what do you do with them? What do you mean, man? I can do this. Boom. I can do this. Boom. I can do this. Boom. And, I mean, I could have sold tickets. It was amazing. But I know how to get Pete back for teasing me for being fat. I said, you mean all those muscles? They're just for show? Ah, shut up, Mom. Let's go lift some weights. <laughs> and I look around the gifts and abilities in this room. Ah, 
this is a special church. And I see the people back here, and I see many of you. Oh, you guys are impact players for the kingdom of God. Not just here, just to, oh, that was a nice sermon, thank you, and then vote on it, how good it was up and down. But taking the word of God and turning it into action. Why? Because you have a compassion. Sometimes you've got to pray, yes, oh, Lord, thank you for that compassion. And sometimes we've got to pray, Lord, I want that compassion. And sometimes it's got to be, I want to want that compassion. But you've taken that and turned it into action in this community and around the world. Go, send, serve. Why do we do this? Look at the next verse. They were, they were sheep without a shepherd. Jesus said they were harassed and helpless. Harassed and helpless. They didn't know God. They didn't know God and they had no guidance. They did not know him at all. What happens to a sheep without a shepherd? They die. They die. It's just an illustration here about real people go to heaven and real people go to hell. And hell is not a bad word. It's a descriptive word and it's a painful word, but we should preach it because if we don't preach hell, good news does not mean good news. And you know, nice thing to say, and Jesus is a nice guy. No, there's real heaven, and there's real hell. Now, now, don't get me wrong. I, I, I'm not one of these basher guys. I had a friend, Gary. I had a friend in Scotland. He said to me, he said, all oh, you Christians, you're always bashing me about hell. I said, oh, we do, huh? We do. <laughs> Come and tell me. <laughs> Come in. When's the last time someone, and even the Scottish, I said, when's the last time someone bashed you about being a Christian and about hell? Uh, 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 <laughs> nobody had. I said, you should be more offended because you know some Christians and we believe it whether you do or not. You should be more offended that they didn't tell you about heaven. It's like there's a billion dollars and it's for free and they didn't tell you about it because they didn't want to be bothered. They didn't want to offend you. The impact that we can make is for eternity. It's for eternity there. Now, Jonathan Edwards is a great reformer, great American. He didn't bash, he was, he was brave. I remember once, as I read about him, 1700s, he said, just preached monotone. You foul vermin, if you do not come to the place of Christ and repent, you shall go to the place of weeping and gnashing of teeth. I mean, people just swapped. It was the Holy Spirit. It was, I, I remember Ian Pagely in Northern Ireland. He was a rascal. He, he, he was doing the same thing, talking on that Matthew. He said, and if you do not repent, you will go to the place where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. There was a street revival, and this old lady comes up to him. She's giving him banter. She's giving him stick. She said, Reverend Paisley, Reverend Paisley, I'm old. I don't have any teeth. <laughs> he looked at her and said, Madam, Teeth will be provided. <laughs> I, I don't think that'll work today. I don't think that'll work. But what if we go out to our neighbors? What do we go to our friends? What do we go to those Vietnamese and say, you are so beautiful. I can't imagine heaven without you. And see what kind of a conversation that could happen. Oh, I want you to be in heaven. Oh, do you know this Jesus Christ? And how much does he love you? Impact player for the kingdom of God. Healing and teaching, healing and teaching, healing and teaching, and he stops. And then he commands us. 
Pray. Pray. Pray to the Lord of the harvest. Pray to him. Pray that he will send out more leaders. Oh, some people have been praying around here, Robin. Oh, my. Look at the leaders that have gone out of this church and around the world. Pray to the Lord of the harvest that he will send out his workers. Let me challenge you. If God answered every single prayer you prayed this week, how many new leaders would we have? This church is a factory of leadership. And these young people, oh my, amazing. Amazing the impact that's happening and gonna happen because of the leadership coming out of the hair. Then he goes on and he pairs them up two by two. Don't go out there alone. Don't go out there alone, but pair them up two by two. Have a mate, have a buddy. I, I always feel like I go to these places, I'm the... I'm, I feel like I'm Indiana Jones sometimes when I have to go by myself, going out crazy, wild places. And then all of a sudden I see two guys in black pants and white shirt walking by, and the, Normans, or the Mormons beat me here. <laughs> but they get it. I'm not going alone. Get a friend. Get a mate. I'll tell you about my friends. I'll tell you about my mates. Ah, encouraging me, and hopefully I encourage them to make an impact. Two by two. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers proclaim the kingdom of God. I've looked at that before and felt so intimidated by the word of God. So intimidated. Oh, I I can't heal the sick, God. No, I can't. I almost flunked biology. I'll I'll never be a doctor. And those lepers, well, I've seen a lot now, but back then, I've never seen a leper in Chicago. And and raise the dead? Come on, God. I, I, I can't do that. Proclaim the kingdom of God? Uh, yeah, I guess. How many are sick spiritually that you can touch with the word of God? And those lepers, you're looking at one guy without Jesus Christ that would be this hideous leper, deformed, angry, bitter, without Jesus Christ. And the dead, the gospel brings people to life. What an impact we can make. An impact doesn't last for a week. It doesn't last for a year. It lasts for eternity. What can be more significant than that? When our security is in God, the significance we can make is amazing. Singer-songwriter once wrote, someone's on the telephone, desperate in her pain. Someone's on the bathroom floor doing her cocaine. Someone's got their finger on a trigger in some room, and you cannot tell us that we aren't gluttons for our doom. But I try. I try to make this place my place. I ask for my words, Jesus, the smile upon my face. I want to make a difference in the human race. Go, send, serve. Make an impact for Jesus Christ. One last story. I'm in Scotland, in my office. Just walked in, it was a beautiful sunny day. Walked into the office, came in. I'm looking around and I see my message machine. Sure, I hit that button, I was really cheerful, really happy, and I heard the voice of my coach's wife. I I could hear her voice waver. I could hear crying in the background. And she said, Steve, dear coach has gone to be in heaven. Would you come home and do his funeral? Oh, my spiritual father. 
He's the guy that touched me more than anything else. Oh, I loved him so much. And I was scared. Would I still walk with Jesus after he was gone? I remember walking to my house, from the office to the house, and going in. And there's nothing lonelier than when you're trying to grieve and you have no one in the house. I remember walking in, and I'm trying to cry. What's it with guys? <laughs> We're not so great at crying. You know, why is that? Crying's so good. And I'm trying to cry for my spiritual father. I'm going, <laughs> oh, brother. Rex would yell at me for doing this. I'm trying to cry. You know? <laughs> Finally, mercifully, my children came in. My wife came in. What's wrong with you? Coach Rex is, he died. Oh, they gathered around in a circle. They start, they're starting to cry. My little girls, my little boy, my wife. And then all the tears started coming. The tears started coming. My little boy's crying. Ah, why am I crying? You know, ah. <laughs> and then my daughter said it. Oh, my. She said it. She said, where would we be without Coach Rex? Where would we be? Without the old coach. Oh, how cool is that? Now, last I checked, the death rate in Australia is 100%. You are all going to die. How cool would it be if some little girl, a continent away, said about you, where would I be without you? Make an impact. An impact lasts for eternity. They say if you want to touch the past, touch a rock. They say if you want to touch the present, touch a flower. But they say if you want to touch the future, touch a life, a life for Jesus Christ. Go, send, serve. One last thing. How beautiful are the feet that bring good news. (laughs) Oh, you can clap. (laughs) This shoe's been on every continent. Let me pray for you. Uh, Our gracious and heavenly Father, thank you for the impact people that are here. Bless them. Guide them. Use them. Thank you for this church. Thank you the way you are a light through this church to so many. May it continue for millions of years. Jesus' name, amen.